Hey everybody, welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always is Tyler. Oh, Tyler, I've got me glass of bourbon here, sir. Uh, we're on a special... Same to you. We're on a special virtual edition via Zoom. Uh, you know, parenting stuff comes up and that takes priority, Tyler. We have to make sure that kids are taken care of. And sometimes that means we can't meet in person. But it we is. take care of it. Yep. I, I have, uh, I, I'm single dad this weekend. So I have the baby <laughs> monitor set up right over here. So uh, if, if you hear screaming and I just randomly get up, it means that somebody is awake when they're not supposed to be. But they are in bed. Hopefully we can do this uninterrupted. You know, it's funny before you have kids, when you hear screaming in your house, typically that means somebody's broken in <laughs> or like some bad, but now I hear screaming in the house. I'm like, Oh God, what happened now? I don't even get like excited. I'm just no. like, Oh, okay. Who hit who? Whose fault is it? Who spilled what? Who's hungry? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the first time you ever hear your kid cry or scream, you, you kind of freak out like the very first time. But then after mm-hmm. like the 937th time, it does, it's, yeah, you're right. It just, it doesn't even really register anymore. You know, it's funny. I was, I've been over to, to friends' houses and the kids will like fall down and like, it'll look like they're legitimately hurt, but I'm just like, no, oh, okay. And my friends are like, are, are they okay? I'm like, no, he does that. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> he does that. And we move on. But you're right. That first time it's like, oh, sweet mercy. We got to take them to the ER. Do you think they got a concussion? Do you think they have a brain injury or they broken an arm? And now it's like, uh, are you still alive? Are you bleeding? Okay. Yeah. Let's continue. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> and, and you learn, you, you, you learn not to make a big deal out of it. Cause if, if you make a big deal out of it, then they make a big deal out of it. So you absolutely. Just, yeah. Even if, if there's a bone sticking out of their arm, you're like, Oh, you're fine. You're, you're good. You're okay. Yeah. That'll grow back. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll grow. Are you sure, Daddy? Yeah, yeah, they grow back. Don't worry about that. So this is going to be an interesting show. So we're on Zoom, but uh, obviously it's kind of one of those good news, bad news shows. It's feast or famine on this show, right? So we had the big win over Tennessee, and we were met with a plethora of good news tidbits in UK land, which is great. But um, I think it would be ridiculous if we didn't point out what just happened in the Missouri game as well. So we're definitely going to cover that just so you know what's coming up on the show. We're going to talk about Miley Cyrus, from what I understand. We're going to talk we about... We're talking about we Miley? Are. Really? We are. Yeah. Wow. We're okay. talking about Miley Cyrus. We're going to be talking about some Halloween stuff, the presidential debate, uh, and maybe a few other things as well. So this, this will be a fun show, but um, yeah, I feel like we got to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. We uh, got, and you know what I'm talking about. It, it was not a pleasant day to be a UK football fan. Um, so the the game literally just ended about two hours ago as we're Mm -hmm. recording this. So this is fresh on our minds and Mm -hmm. I have a feeling we may get into some lengthy rants on this one. So before we get into our opinions, let me just go through some of the numbers of what we just witnessed today. Please, please. And and first of all, for anybody that didn't watch the game, we, we lost to Missouri at Missouri. Yes, Missouri, who we had beaten five years in a row, had seemingly surpassed as a program, thoroughly dominated us in every aspect. Total yards, Missouri 421, Kentucky 145. We had 47 passing yards, 98 rushing yards. We held the ball for 16 
minutes. They held the ball for 43 minutes. Is that all? <laughs> it felt like three years. But go we, on. We, we barely had the ball for a quarter, basically. <laughs> barely had the ball for one-fourth of the game. Just incredible number. Third down conversions. Missouri 10 for 20. Kentucky 2 for 9. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> Terry Wilson, three of nine passing for 35 yards. Joey Gatewood, one of four passing for 12 yards. Chris Rodriguez, nine rushes, 48 yards. A.J. Rose, five rushes, 43 yards. And that is it. That is it. Those are your numbers. <laughs> wow. Talk about just – there's so much to say here, Ty. I don't even know where to start. Okay, but it was pretty apparent – we, let me go back a couple weeks first, because I think you and I talked about this on the last podcast. So the last couple of games, we went from one of the worst secondaries to one of the best in the span of a couple of games with a bunch of interceptions, right? And yep. I think that that, in my opinion, and I think I said this on the show, I said, you know, if we can average four or five interceptions a game, we'll probably win, right? <laughs> it's hard not and to. It's hard not to. And I think it hid the major flaw that this team has and that, that is that we cannot score points if we don't have bad decisions from the other team giving us good field position or giving us pick sixes. Yeah, we're just uh, not very good. Yeah, if you look at the field position, we we did not have good field position at all on any drive. We were we started inside our twenty just about every possession because, like you mm -hmm. said, our defense was not forcing turnovers, so therefore we were not getting good field position on any drive. And with this team, that's a killer. Because th this is not a team that can just move the ball up and down the field at will. Hey, this mm -hmm. is a team that can run the ball pretty well mm -hmm. and can pass the ball on a short field. But this is not a team that's going to consistently be able to go 75, 80 yards the whole game. That's just not what we are built for. And I tell you what. Go, go ahead, Ty. I thought you were finished there. Go ahead. No. Uh, as I say, and, and it was consistent all game that we never – our defense forced no turnovers, zero. And as a result of that, we never had good field position and were never able to really seemingly get the ball going at all. Yeah, I tell you what we're built for, Tyler. We've got the one of the best offensive lines in the country, one of the best we've ever had. We've got running backs, although they've made mistakes along the way. Uh, maybe one of them in particular has made more than others. But we have one of the best lines, and, you know, Chris Rodriguez, even though he's technically second-string running back, can put yards in the stat book. Okay, how many carries did we have this game? 14 I total? Think, yeah, 13 or 14, yeah. I think that's about right. Okay. When you were saying Terry Wilson had 36, and then you said passing yards, I felt like it was 36 passing attempts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who we are. What what kind of team are we? You know what I mean? Are we? I thought we had this figured out somewhat. I mean, we weren't putting up a ton of points offensively, but I think it's pretty apparent that we're not a prolific passing team. Yet we started out the game the first drive, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, three and out. Okay, we're out. Yeah, let's. And it's let's like talk, Missouri let's, let's... was playing what we should have done. They were the Kentucky team in this game. They were doing everything that we have done to everybody else. It reminded me of what we used to look like last year. It was like, okay, we're going to line up, and we're just going to run, and we're going to keep the ball, and we're going to do the same thing over and over. You know it. You know we're going to do it. We're just going to keep doing it, though, because uh, that's how we roll. 
it's like we forgot who we were. And now I have no idea in several different areas who we are. Yeah, it's, 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 we definitely have no identity right now. Um, it, it seemed like at the beginning of the year that we had one. Uh, we, we knew from the beginning of the year this team has a dominant offensive line, three really good running backs, mm-hmm. and we're going to ground and pound people. Yet, like you pointed out, on the first drive, we come out and throw two straight passes, which, first of all, the fact that Mark Stoops chose to receive the kickoff, which he never does. I don't remember. He always defers to the second half. Mm-hmm. They, they asked him about it. He's like, oh, we just want to try something different see how it works. Well, I, I, from the very beginning, things were just out of sync. Like we're, we're doing things that we don't normally do. We took the kick to start the game. We come out and start <laughs> slinging the ball. Uh, what what are we doing? It's like everybody in the country knows what our identity is, except for the people making the plays. Stoops and Eddie yeah. Grant. Do you think Stoops is making those plays today? It didn't seem like a very Stoops game plan to me. And uh, here's the other thing, though, too. You got to take into account. All right, so I know Terry Wilson had a terrible game. We had Joey Gatewood come in, not much better, let's be honest. But he's, you know, he doesn't really have the experience that Terry has. So I got to give him a little bit of slack, right? I don't know if it's a product of the receivers not getting open. It's a product of them dropping the passes when it hits them right in the hands and chest and the quarterback's losing confidence. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Well, they, there, there's they a asked, lot there. They asked Stoops, you know, when at halftime, when he made the change from Terry Wilson to Joey Gatewood. Why, why did you make the switch? And he said Terry missed a couple reads that he should, that he should, have, that he should have made. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, at least in the eyes of Stoops, his quarterbacks are not seeing what they should be seeing and they're not making the right decisions, which is why he made the switch. And then he said Joey also missed some reads, which is why he put Terry back in. So mm-hmm. at least in his mind, now, you know, Watching on TV, we don't see what the quarterbacks are seeing. We no. don't see the receivers downfield. We, we don't know. And, Grant, you and I are not football X no experts to start with. But when your own coach has said your starting quarterback missed some reads that he should have made, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty concerning because Stoops has had Terry Wilson's back for a long time. He has been oh, very, yeah. very loyal to Terry. And mm-hmm. – I think Stoops may be reaching a level of frustration with Terry in that he, he just does not look like the same guy he was before his injury. Does not look like athletically the, the, the burst, the level of speed that he has. It just doesn't look the same. And who knows who the starting quarterback is going to be next game. Well, I think we are now officially in quarterback controversy mode. Right now. Yeah, and, yeah, and I want to get to that in just a minute too. And I, I will second your comment on Terry Wilson. He, now he has had a couple of runs this season where he's had like 30, 40 yards. So it's not like he hasn't had any big plays, but it there's like there's a hesitation or there's I don't know what it is, but he's not as quick to do something as he used to be, and it's noticeable. I mean, but that's not his fault. He had a major injury, and sometimes that stuff happens. And maybe it was our false expectation that he was going to be 100% the old Terry Wilson, and maybe that's just not the case. Maybe he never will be. Again, not his fault. Um, I still worry, you know, when Stoops says, you know, the quarterback missed some reads. Well, we still have way too many receivers missing some passes. 
like in their hands. You know what right. I mean? Um, so that's frustrating. And as a quarterback, you start to, I think if I was the quarterback, I'd be like, where do I have to throw the ball for them to catch it? Where do I have to place the ball so that they can continue to help me get yards and they can, you know, score touchdown. You know what I mean? It just is a big, big problem. It's been going on for years here. I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing. The correlation between drop passes and the Kentucky program. Are we doing something different? I don't know. I, I don't know either, man. It, it is baffling. I'm like, what, what are the wide receivers doing in practice? Uh, are, are, are we catching tennis balls in practice? Are, are, are we using <laughs> actual footballs to try to learn to catch the ball? So the, the number of drops, I mean, it's, it's just getting ridiculous what we're seeing every week with drop passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Joey Gatewood comes in, his very first pass, Josh Ali dropped it. Was perfect a beautiful, pass. perfect pass, <laughs> and just dropped it. I mean, so in in that sense, like what what are Terry and Joey supposed to do? I mean, it it doesn't matter which quarterback is in there if the receivers can't catch the ball. Well, I, I guess wh- which one can throw a prettier incompletion? That's what it comes to. Who, who can throw a better incomplete pass? Is, is okay, what we're so, looking at. So going to that now, if you go on Twitter. I love going on Twitter after a UK loss. It's like the best Twitter, right? Because everybody, everybody says everything in the world. Um, but I think you said this. Somebody had tweeted out. I think it was maybe Drew Franklin had tweeted out. If you're Eddie Grand, don't go search Eddie Grand on Twitter tonight, right? It ain't pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty. But like you just said, Eddie Grand can draw up the plays. Now, I think his game plan sucked. But he can't go out and physically catch a ball. He can't hold on to the ball and not fumble it. You know what I mean? There's certain things he can do or or can't do. But what he can do is play to his strengths. And I do lay a lot of the blame for this game plan on Eddie Grant and what he did with this game. I think he set them up for failure and that they would have had to overachieve to such a high degree to win. It was like a a huge roadblock that they weren't able to overcome. You know, he set them up to have to fight like crazy to be a team that they're not to win the game. I think he put them in a bad spot. Running 14 times a game as a Kentucky team with Mark Stoops as your coach after what we did last year and having the best offensive line in the country, a little ridiculous, in my opinion. I don't know how we got there. 100% agree. The The game plan was horrendous. Um, like we said, coming out and throwing the ball on the first drive. It's what, what are we doing? This is not who we are. We come out, we establish the run, we eat up the clock. That's, that's what we do. And – he seemed to just be unwilling to do that. And, you know, may, maybe it's because other teams are basically daring us to throw the football, which is what Tennessee did. And I'm sure they saw something in Missouri's defense when they were scouting that, hey, there's, there's a, a weakness here. There's an opportunity for us to throw the ball. And maybe they saw something on film. They were going to come out and try to exploit that from the beginning and open mm-hmm. up the passing game, but clearly it did not work. And after that first drive, Eddie Grand should have figured that out. But <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty quick. He, right? he, he continued to not want to give the ball to Chris Rodriguez and A.J. Rose. And I, I, I don't understand what he's thinking. I think, as we said, this, this game falls on the shoulders of Eddie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he can't make the receivers catch the ball either. But he put them in a position to fail, and the, the players didn't help 
the situation at all. I mean, they, like you said, they would have had to have overachieved. Well, they definitely did not. They, they underachieved tonight. Nobody played a good game on offense. Not, I can't think of a name, a single player who played well on offense tonight. So just very frustrating. An, an all system, complete failure from the, from the players to the coaching staff, everybody, we, we just didn't seem ready. And, and even on TV, I don't know if you remember the, the SEC network announcers were saying uh, Kentucky just was kind of lifeless on the sideline. They said they weren't talking to each other on the sidelines. They didn't look excited. They weren't into it. Mm-hmm. So it just seems – and how many times has this happened? We come off a big win. Okay? We just beat Tennessee at Tennessee, first time in 36 years. And you could almost see this coming. Because we've seen this story time after time. We take one step forward, we get a big win, and then we immediately come back in the next game and just lay a complete egg, which is what we did. And you, I don't know about you, but I kind of that's, – that's what I was worried about, and I felt like this was going to happen. Yeah, we laid the egg, and then we cracked it and cooked it. I mean, we did everything to the egg possible. It was terrible. And not only that, and we brought this up a little bit earlier in the show, now – you know what's going to be going on this entire week. Not only did we perform poorly offensively, I thought our defense did fairly well. They made some big stops, even though Missouri controlled the ball. They kind of had that bend but not break mentality for a long time until they finally just got beat to death by being on the field for 45 minutes. That's not normal. So I don't really fault them. They did a lot to keep us close. It should not have been as close as it was. All right, they made mistakes, but they kept us close. For the next week, all we're going to hear is, who's the starting quarterback? Now, to give Terry Wilson some credit, he threw a really nice touchdown pass to Josh Ali. Beautiful pass. All right, so you think, okay, Terry's redeemed himself. All right, we're making progress. And then you look out on one of the final drives, you know, when money's on the line. Obviously, no money in college sports, Tyler, you know that. But when money's on the line, no, when money's on the line, you have Gatewood back there, Joey Gatewood. After after Wilson had thrown – some of his, you know, his best pass of the game. You know, I, I don't know what that says to Terry. Like, hey, man, I just threw a really sweet pass. Put us on the ball. You know what I mean? And now I get yanked again. Yeah. So this is all we're going to hear for the next week. I, and I don't know the answer. Gatewood hasn't had a lot of reps. I don't know anything about him. He seemed very athletic when he made the one run, you know, uh, right on the first drive where he came in. He looked faster than Terry in some degree, a little bit more agile. But – I don't know what to expect from him. That's up to Stoops and Grant, and we're going to hear about it for a week. Yep. Yes, we are. And this this is a situation you never want to be in the middle of the season with a quarterback controversy. So just just a just a devastating loss because if, if we won this game, you you could still accomplish everything that you had set out to do at the beginning of the season. I, I think at this point, going into the Missouri game. Most people probably expected us to have a two and two record. I mean, you figure, you know, we probably weren't going to beat Auburn. We never beat Tennessee, so you can't assume that win. So you you would assume, all right, we're two and two going into Missouri. We win that one. We're three and two. We have a winning record. Everything is still on the table. Now it's you know very unlikely that we're going to win the SEC East, but it was still on the table. Oh yeah, where you would still only be a game behind Florida, a game behind Georgia. You still play on both. You know, magically something happens, you win those games, you can do everything you set out to do. But now you're sitting with three losses, 
you still got Alabama, you still got Georgia, you still got Florida. You just named three of our there. next four games, Tyler. <laughs> you really I mean, we're ready to play a murderer's row of games here. This is yep. it's not a good time to have one of these losses. Because the margin for error is razor thin. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just Alabama. We play Alabama. We play Georgia, Florida, three of our next four games. It's going to be brutal, man. And this is not a way to go into those games to have your defense have the crap kicked out of them for an entire game by a below mid-tier SEC program, in my opinion. You know, yeah, this Tennessee is not, blew out. Tennessee blew this team out. Well, Tennessee didn't throw six interceptions in a game or however many it was either. That's, That's like true. I said, I, I think we could have been – it could have been fool's gold last week. I just said gold. You can tell I'm from the country. Fool's, <laughs> fool's gold. Gold. <laughs> yeah. Fool's uh, gold. Oh, yeah. It's cold outside. Um, but you know what I mean? It, it, it may have been that shiny object that was like, oh, well, we got our first win. We're on a roll. But really, it may have just hid all of the imperfections in this team, and we may have a long way to go, which is strange considering we have a great offensive line. It's just, unfortunately, the offensive tools built around that line from the running backs to the quarterback and even the right wide receivers are not what we're used to at Kentucky. We used to always have those players, right, and we never had the lines. Now yep. we've got the lines and we don't have the, you know, the complement of players at quarterback, receiver, and running back to do anything with it. It's kind of just really bad timing. Yeah, and of course, you know, Eddie Graham makes – it's hard to utilize an offensive line to your advantage when you refuse to call running plays. So that, you know, that takes away one of those strengths. Uh, but it, it's, it seems like even when we did pass, our offensive line does not seem to be good at pass protection. So I feel like every mm -hmm. time we pass, Missouri didn't have to rush but three or four guys, and they're yeah. getting pressure every single time. Like I, I – and again, we're not football experts here, but – it, it just seems really weird to me that you can have such a dominant offensive line that is so good at clearing lanes for the running backs, but seems to not do well in pass protection. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Missouri is not a top level defense. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this happened against a non top level defense. That, that is a scary thing. And it did seem like the quarterbacks were under duress quite a bit. So you wonder how much that impacts the passing game as well. And when you only have to rush for to get that kind of pressure, you know what you can do? You can drop everybody else back in coverage with a subpar set of receivers that we have compared to what we're used to. Yep. They're just not as good as what we've had. You drop that many people back against a receiving core that, that maybe is not quite as talented as what we've had. It's like a recipe for disaster, man. What do you do at that point? Where do you go? You start throwing bubble screens. Oh, geez, if I ever – I mean, we're going to get one of our guys killed throwing those bubble screens at some point. We're going to throw a pick six. I mean, we're inches away every game from doing that. And I just don't know. Man, we can't throw it down the field. So other than the fact that we can't run, throw it down the field, or throw bubble screens, um, our offense is firing on all cylinders. But I'll tell you what, apparently what <laughs> we can do, we can kick 50-yard field goals from Matt Ruffalo. Who saw that coming? I was so mad when they set up for the field goal on that, Tyler. I me was too. furious. <laughs> furious. I said, you've got to be kidding me. We can't even kick extra points. Now we're going for 50-yard field goals? I mean, you know, talk about an identity crisis in a good way. This is a good – this is a, a point where the identity crisis worked in our favor. Um, I don't know what to think, man. 
I don't know if Ruffalo is going to shank an extra point or nail a 50 yarder anymore. I don't know who, who, who are we, Tyler? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like you've said time and time again, it's, it's the, the scene in office space where we're, we're trying to figure out <laughs> what it is we do here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, just when you think we've got it figured out, you know, last week at Tennessee, we've got a dominant defense. We can run the football. You think that's our identity. We come in the very next week and we don't run the ball. We come out, try to pass. We've got our kicker who can't hit extra points, kicking them from midfield. So who knows? I, I, special teams was the one bright point, I think, in this game. If, yeah. if, we're, if we're looking for positives, special teams was pretty good. Yeah, we got to figure out who we are, though. It's like when I go back into my sales career, Tyler, I think about this. The old saying is, if you can't describe your product and sell somebody on it in 30 seconds, then the product's not worth a damn. Mm -hmm. So if you had to describe, let's say, um, I was going to say Ohio State or like Florida in the 90s. Let's just use their offense, for example. Okay, it's a spread offense. They do four wide receivers, and uh, they use their slot receiver, and it's just gangbusters offense. Right. You can explain it. We score 50 points a game. OK, that's who we are. OK, if you were in an elevator with somebody and you're going up to the fifth floor with them and you got 30 seconds in the elevator, how would you explain Kentucky's offense? <laughs> well, you know, we put Terry in when we well, there was this one time where we got six interceptions. And then, well, sometimes we use Joey Gatewood in certain situations. We got to get him reps. Yeah, we, we um, do Wildcat. We do Wildcat. <laughs> yeah, we do Wildcat. Yeah. Who are we, man? Until we figure that out, we're going to struggle for a long time. If you can't sell somebody on the product in a 30-second elevator speech, then the product ain't any good. we got to fix our product, and our product is an identity crisis right now. It's, it's bad. Yeah, it was, it was really amazing that we still somehow had a chance to win this game. I don't know how. Uh, Missouri should have been up. The way they dominated the game, they should have been up 20, 30 points, it felt like. But – at the start of the fourth quarter, you know, Terry throws that touchdown. It's a one-possession game. You know, it's, it's 17-10 at that point. Mm -hmm. Kentucky comes and gets a stop, and then we immediately go back to our same old ways, pass, pass, three and out. And Classic was, UK offense, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. And Missouri comes next drive, kicks the field goal, and then at that point you're like, okay, we're not overcoming ten points. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much the end of the game. We know what I had up hope, though, because there were still three and a half minutes left that we were going to run the kickback, right? I had these visions of the Lynn Bowden kickback or kick return yeah. uh, when we played them last time. I was like, you know what? I was – for some reason, we cannot play at Missouri. I don't know what it is. But, you know, I just thought, well, Lynn Bowden ran that kickback. Maybe we could do that. No, Lynn Bowden's not coming through that door. <laughs> he took the words out of my mouth. That's supposed to be interesting. say. <laughs> Josh Ali's not returning any punts for a touchdown, I can tell you that. No, he's not. No. I worry about him just catching the punts and kickoffs at this point. I... Yeah, that's a success if we just catch it without dropping it. <sighs> sorry, I don't mean to be mean to Josh <laughs> Ali. So, Josh, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I'm just frustrated. Sure, he's a fine fellow. Yeah, it just it's just frustrating. You know, we've said this a, a hundred times, Tyler. We're just the average fan show, and we're giving you an average fan take. You're, you may be sitting in your basement today, so you know, drinking a glass of bourbon, trying to figure out what in the world this Kentucky team is doing. We are, too. I don't really know. I don't know the answer, Tyler, but, boy, we're going to find out what we're really made of here in the next month <laughs> is all I got to say. We're, we're playing big kid football. We were already playing it with a full SEC schedule. 
Well, we're getting ready to hit the meat of the schedule you know with what? a losing may- record. May- maybe Eddie Grand knows that <clears throat> and is, is just saving up all of his good play calls for Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Maybe, maybe that's the secret. He, he didn't want to show anything for those because, because he feels good. He, he's got a plan in place that we're, we're going to – okay, I can't, I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, was gonna say um, uh, I could make a lot of comments, but I won't. Um, I don't know. I'm just done with this game time. I'm ready to move on. I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's really, really frustrating. Um, I, I just don't know what else to say about it. It was just an overall bad experience all the way around. Nothing good, nothing positive to take away. Opened up a whole new can of worms on a lot of things. Gave a lot of people questions about this team and probably laid a blueprint for how to beat our butts in just about every game this year if teams didn't already have that. So I just – I don't know. I'm done with it. I'm done with it, Tyler. Can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just can't. So – you know, better luck next week is all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Who, who do we is, do we have Georgia next week? Is that right? Well, it depends on, of course, what happens. But uh, let me pull this up real Supp- quick. Supp- supposed to have we Georgia because we weren't supposed to play Missouri this week. My, I'm pretty sure we play Georgia next week. And yeah, we now, we, we, we only do a sports podcast and website, so you know we should theoretically know who the next. Well, game I, is. I knew, but you know, it's the bourbon. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> But what really scares me is, again, Missouri is a mid-level defense at best. Georgia's a real-deal defense. So if we're having trouble putting up points against Mizzou, I'm not, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I'm not feeling good about it. No, no. But at least we know if we can just get to the 35-yard line, Ruffalo can nail those 50-yarders. So maybe, maybe we can just field goal people to death and – It'll be our fans. That's that's our that strategy. We'll field goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll get field gold to death. I mean, <laughs> give us all coronaries here. Um, but overall, I mean, what do you think about the game next week? Let, let's finish up this segment, Tyler. I'm done talking about the game. It sucked. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to talk about positive things. But before we get to the positive, what do you think is going to happen next week? What's your prediction? I, I I'm done trying to predict this team. Every prediction I've made this year has been wrong. Every game I've predicted us to win, we have lost. Every game I've predicted <laughs> us to lose, we have won. So I, 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 I don't even know. But the, uh, it's not looking good. We, we are trending in the wrong direction. I think we get absolutely obliterated next week. I'm going to say 35-6, to 6, Georgia. Yikes. Okay, I'll go with the obliteration, but maybe not to that level. I'll go with like 27 to 10 or something like that. Um, maybe they put in their second string quarterback in the, in the fourth quarter or something to get them reps and just give us a break. Biggest question, though, besides the, the game is who's going to be the starting quarterback? Mm, that's that's, mm, that's yeah, going to be the right. million-dollar question. Who's going to be the starting quarterback, Tyler? I mean, if – if Stoops goes with Gatewood, I, I would just be really surprised. I mean, Terry, like we said, Terry's been his guy. And it's not like Joey came in and lit the world on fire. I mean, he, he didn't do anything spectacular when he was in. So, uh, I mean, who, who knows? Uh, you know, he 
he clearly doesn't know at this point. It may just be whoever has the best week in practice this week. Honestly. I mean, he said as much in the post-game show. He said, I don't know. Yeah. I not mean, sure. And not sure is what he said. I'm sorry. Yep. Not sure. So, it may just come down to who who looks good, who who's running the offense the best this week. That, that may be who determines it. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be Terry Wilson. I think he's going to have a very short leash. Um, I, we sent out a tweet during the show. Just for comparison's sake, this was l- late in the third quarter. Terry Wilson was two for six for nine yards towards the end of the third quarter. Matt Roark in 2011, a wide receiver when we beat Tennessee, was two for six for 15 yards. <laughs> so at one point, deep in the game, Terry Wilson was underperforming Matt Roark in the 2011 game against Tennessee. That's not good. Wow. We're not going to win a lot of games that way. So I think Terry's going to get the start, but I think Stoops is going to have a heart to heart and say, hey, man, we don't have time. Either get on the train and and run it or we got to try something. You don't have time with the schedule that we have to set and, you know, play loyalty favorites. You got to go with whoever's going to get it done. Because Stoops gets paid on those wins, baby. He's not going to let that money sit around. You can buy a lot of bourbon with that extra hundred grand or whatever he gets. He does. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be missing out on a lot of bourbon this year if he doesn't and, get those wins. And cigars, bourbon and cigars. Yeah. But um, interesting segment, Ty. I'm glad we ripped the Band-Aid off. I feel a little bit better. But uh, if it's okay with you, let's take a break. Are you okay. good with that? Let's yeah. take a break. Come back. We're going to talk Miley Cyrus. We're going to talk Halloween. What else are we talking about, Tyler? Well, some big basketball news this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have some good news in UK land to talk about. So, a lot more stuff coming up. We will take a break, and we'll see you in just a bit. Welcome back. Segment 2, episode 28 of the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. We talked football in that first segment, which was all disappointing. But, Brandon, we, we did get some very good news. Actually, a couple things of good news this week on the basketball front. The biggest of which, for this coming season, Wake Forest transfer Olivier Saar was declared eligible, finally, by the NCAA this week. It's, it's been about six months, I think, since he first transferred, and we finally got a decision he will be eligible this season to play, and Kentucky fans are very excited because he seemed to kind of be the missing piece that we needed mm-hmm. for this team. We needed a big man, and he fills a role that we really just did not have with our other players, and this has significantly increased expectations on this team. Brandon, are you excited about the news of Olivier Sark? Now, look, first of all, you know, he's got to replace the productivity of uh, prolific players like E.J. Montgomery. Right, Tyler? Uh, that, that, that's, that you're, you're setting the okay, sorry. bar impossibly high. Nobody could live up to those standards. All right. Sorry. But for our uh, listeners of the older shows, uh, Tyler loves E.J. Montgomery. But anyway, I digress. I think it's really, really good news. We needed it because otherwise we don't really have much down low or anything proven, I guess I should say. Olivier Sar is a known commodity that played against top-level competition. Um, you know, I think I saw one game he played last year. I didn't see really <laughs> any of his other games. You didn't but he watch looked a lot of Wake Forest basketball I last did, year? And I think I maybe only caught a few minutes. But, I mean, so I knew who he was and looked solid. We, we just need that. And I think the, uh, you know, the senior leadership will help out as well. 
because this is a completely new roster, man. I mean, the turnover on this team is probably greater than we've ever had. I, if these guys walked into a room right now, I wouldn't be able to tell you who's who. I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know them at all. You know what I mean? We have nobody coming back at the fans and say, well, I can't wait to see how they develop. Who is that? Right? Keon Brooks. Uh, that's, and, that's the only one. Yep. And, and he cut his hair, so I'm not sure I would even recognize him anymore either. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much unknown. To, so, to have a known commodity is great. And you know my opinion on recruiting. I know we've got some very high-profile freshmen this year uh, with B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark. That is great news, right? We've been lacking the star-studded power from, like, the top five-level recruits. So, I'm glad that we have them. But the, the cynical side of me as a U.K. fan says, you know what? I've been burned pretty bad on – recruiting projections over the last five years just be real with it okay yep. i've been burned by saying oh this guy plays like this player he's a top 10 player oh great okay well they either transfer or we never get the full thing you know the full talent out of them before they leave so i hate to be one of those fans i'm excited about this team i can't wait to see what happens but i've gotten burned so many times i'm going to take the wait and see approach i'm like a scorned lover tyler <laughs> Like, you know what, this, this, like if I was going out now, I'm happily married, but if I was on a date with somebody, I'd be like, yeah, they're just too nice. There's, there's gotta be something wrong. There's gotta be something wrong there. Why are they single? Hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? So you, you're, you're officially the, the old grumpy UK, UK fan. No, I'm not the old grumpy UK fan. I just know what's happened over the last four or five years with the exception of the Fox Monk fam year. I mean, we've gotten fed the line on recruits left and right, and it hasn't helped us any. How many Final Fours have we went to? Zero. How much, how much bad basketball do we play between the months of November and December? A uh, lot. A lot. Evansville. <laughs> Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. <laughs> we play a lot of bad basketball in November and December with recruits that haven't been top level. We'll see if that changes this year. I hope I'm completely wrong, but I just want to see it. I just want to see it with my own two eyes and not what the basketball analysts and recruiting experts have to say, because I've heard it. I've heard the line once before. I'll wait and see it for myself. But I'm excited overall. I can't wait. To see you don't sound up. excited. Are, are you I'm sure you're excited? excited? OK, I'm very excited. Jeez. All right. <laughs> I'm very excited. But the other part of me is like, OK, I'm excited. But I've seen this show before. You have temp tempered excitement. Tempered excitement. It's like you, Tyler. We talked about the Die Hard movies. I think I don't know if it was on the show or just outside of the show. You're like, yeah, the first Die Hard was awesome. The second one was bad. The third one was pretty good. And some of the other ones are okay. That's like the UK basketball team. It's like Die Hard. You know, the first one was awesome. And it's first hard one to was top. great. And then you know, it's kind of hit or miss after that. You don't really know what you're going to get. Wow, did, didn't know we were going to get a Die Hard analogy here. Very, very, very impressive. You're welcome. Uh, but uh, no, I, I completely get that. I completely understand. And uh, in, in some ways, I, I'm, I'm similar in that it's, it's hard to get excited when we don't even know any of these guys. You know, we, we don't really know how good they are. We don't know. We've never seen them. So it's, we, we just kind of have to wait and see. We'll, we'll see once they lace them up and we have our first game. We'll, we'll see what we've got. But yeah, I mean, how, how do we know if this is – we don't know if this is a Final Four team or a Sweet 16 because we, we just don't know. We don't know these guys. Um, but like we said, Saar is a known commodity. He, he averaged basically a triple-double in the ACC. 
had some it's of the best games against Duke and Louisville and some of the other high-level teams. So we know what he's capable of. Um, I, I, I think if, if you're trying to compare him to somebody, I don't know that we've really had anybody like him recently because he's a big man who's very skilled offensively. And we have not had a skilled big man maybe since, what, Carl Towns maybe? I mean, yeah. Nick Richards Probably. was good, but, you know, Nick Richards wasn't creating his own shots. Um, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to even think back who, who we had before. Well, usually what we, usually what we get, Tyler, is we get very raw players that have talent, but yeah. they are raw. They are not developed whatsoever. Now, during the NCAA tournament, sometimes we have these magical runs where people develop and they, and they do a little bit better. But for the most part, they end up developing and fine-tuning those skills that they were just getting going once they get to the NBA, right? I mean, that's yeah. what happens to us inevitably, and for better or for worse. Yeah. So exactly. it's nice to have a player that is already there. It's a finished product. It's not a beta version of a player, right? Like companies send out beta versions of products. Oh, we're going to test this product. I hope it works. <laughs> no, this is a real – this is a full-on product that is is ready to go and – I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for him as well because I know it meant a lot for Olivier Saar to be able to do this. I know he wanted to to play on a bigger stage with a very high-level program. So, I mean, it's exciting for us, but you got to think for him, it's like a dream come true. So, as, as I get older, I'm 38 years old. I think I mentioned that on the show a few times. I started thinking about, you know, these are, to me, they're kids. They are. For better for it. They're they in are. college. They're, they're not out in the real world yet. I know they're a little bit older than 18, but you know, you just think when you were in college, if you would have gotten news like that, it like changes the whole world, you know? So I just try to think about that as, you know, if my son got that news, I'd be really excited. And um, I hope everything works out this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I was excited. Uh, and I, th- I think I, I've grown skeptical. I just assumed the NCA was going to not allow him to play this year because it was just taking so long. We'd seen this with Enos Cantor, you know, back in 2011 where he wasn't allowed to play. And you just felt like the longer it dragged on, the less likely it was that he would get mm-hmm. cleared. So just exciting just for him, like you said, that he is going to get a play. It's going to make a huge difference on this team. I feel like he is the one position that they weren't pretty solid in. You know, we're set at the two and the three. Uh, you figure Keon Brooks can step in at the four. We've got – two point guards you hope at least one of them will turn out to be you know that that will grab that starting job so we we had talent at every position except the five and and now we have that so if cal can get all the pieces to come together it seems like they're there to to make a run so if anybody can do it he can all right exactly now he now he got a little bit of uh, really good news too. We were talking about recruiting a little bit. A uh, little birdie told me Tyler that we got some really good news on the recruiting front. We did He's sarcastic, of course, but you want to tell everybody who that is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, class of twenty twenty two. So this is a a junior in high school currently, name of Sky Clark. He is the thirteenth ranked player in two thousand twenty two. Five star uh, combo guard. He can play the one. He can play the two. Uh, seems to be, from what I've seen and read, pretty good shooter. Um, so, Cal seems seems to have a little bit of the, the swagger and the mojo back. We're, we're picking up recruits, and we beat North Carolina out for this guy. So, it, anytime we beat out North Carolina or Duke or Kansas for somebody, I feel pretty good about them. 
Yeah, I agree. And to have this level of player, I mean, I, I've actually watched some of his tapes. And, of course, again, you know me, I'm skeptical me. I understand that they're high school mixtapes. I get all that. But sometimes you can see where the talent could transfer, right? This guy's not just beating up on kids that are six inches shorter than him or just not as fast. The, the athleticism and the skills are there to translate to the college level and beyond. All right. So this, is, I think, is a next-level player just from what I've seen on the tape. It's not just him playing against subpar talent. He's, he's the real deal. And I, you always wonder if he's going to reclassify. You know, I know he's a, it's a longer range recruit, but as we've seen, if Cal wants somebody to reclassify, somehow they manage to do it. I don't know how. It somehow happens. Yeah, I, I didn't know when I was in high school that, you know, I could just finish a year early and just go on to college. I, my guidance <laughs> counselor never told me about that option. Did yeah, I, I didn't get the memo. No, I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't get that at all. That still blows me away. It's like, no, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to graduate a year early. I'm good. <laughs> we we didn't get to do that, you know. Yeah, no that that was never offered to me. I guess clearly I was not a good enough basketball player to get that option. But that's all right. That's all so right. you know, uh, we we had some bad news with the game today, but good news in in basketball. So at least at yeah, least I mean, we had something positive happen this week, right? I you know I'll take the good news. We'll take it any way we can at this point, Tyler. Now with some. I don't know if this is good news or bad news. I guess it just depends on your music preferences. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you sent me a text this week that I, I was <laughs> very shocked by. You, you sent me a headline, and the headline said that Miley Cyrus of twerking fame is going to be releasing a Metallica tribute album. That's correct. Well, I don't know if it's a tribute or just a covers album, but it's going to be all Metallica songs. Sung by you, Miley Cyrus, correct. She's going to be singing them all. That's correct. Now, Tyler, if you follow Miley Cyrus's career, which I know you do. Very you closely. You just don't want to say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> at some of her live shows, she has sang Nothing Else Matters, which is kind of, I wouldn't say it's a ballad by Metallica. I don't think there's any such thing, but it's one of their slower songs. She yeah. already sings that live. And she's a very big Metallica fan. You bet you didn't know that, did she? So she's either twerking no or, or she's either twerking or headbanging. One of the two. I don't <laughs> know if you can do them with, both. If you can, if you can twerk and headbang at the same time, then you have achieved something. Actually, I think I would have to go to a chiropractor oh, if man. I did that. That's got to throw something out of whack. Uh, just physics alone, I, I think that defies physics. But um, I don't know when it's going to be out. But she just did an interview recently where she talked about, you know, being really excited about the project. She's a huge Metallica fan. And, you know, as a Metallica fan myself, I found it to be very interesting, to say the least. Do you think, are you going to buy the album? I cannot tell you the last album that I actually bought. It's probably been at least 15 years. Do, do you still buy albums? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I buy, like, the digital copies. Like, if, there, if there's a digital version of an album, I will buy it just to support the artist. Because, you know, if you don't buy it, then they're just stop making music. So I'm like, well, I'll, yeah. I'll pay for 10 of your crappy songs if you can give me three good ones. Yeah. You know. What was the last album you bought? Oh, geez. Like actual physical album? Yes. What was the last, what do you think the last CD you actually bought was? <laughs> Tyler, this is when I was in college. <laughs> I know. I don't think I've bought one since college either. The last physical CD I bought 
was in college. There was two that I distinctly remember buying because I even in college I didn't buy them. I got on LimeWire. Do you remember LimeWire? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what replaced Napster. Yeah. After or Napster, actually, actually, I should say I didn't get on LimeWire, but I know a guy that did. That was not me. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, and you too, Tyler. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, the last two albums that I bought were Velvet Revolver. They had an album called Contraband. I remember that one. Yeah. Man, I wore that out. And the other one I bought, I bet you won't, you'll never guess. Um, let's see, I was I was going to say Miley Cyrus, but I don't think she was out yet. So no. uh, I'm going to guess uh, Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> no, why no? did you say that? I no. don't know. I'm just trying to think of somebody similar to Miley Cyrus, and that was the and- first name that came to mind. Andrew WK. <laughs> oh wow! Had an album called "I Get Wet." He he now he he had the song from the Coors Light commercial, right? Yeah, Party Hard. Yeah, that was on the Coors. I just remember he was the Coors Light commercial guy. Yeah, and he was in Madden Football too. They had the soundtrack on that. Anyway, yeah. I digress. But those are the last two albums I bought. What about you? Uh, I, I was thinking. I think the last album I bought. This is really embarrassing. Uh, was uh, Simple Plan. You remember Simple Plan? Yep. Great, great band. That saying addicted. And they had one other big song that escapes me at the moment. Must have been really big. Yeah. But I think I think uh, Simple Plan was my was my last one. Simple Plan was a good band. They were a good party band to listen to. You know, when you were just chilling in your apartment, you're in college, you're listening to Simple Plan. That's a good day. Yep. And now college kids will be listening to Miley Cyrus doing Metallica covers. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear it. I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting. We'll see what happens. Maybe Metallica will surprise us all and do a Miley Cyrus cover album. Oh, now Ooh, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if they come out and do "Party in the USA" or something? Oh Metallica my god, movie. that it will never happen. Will never ever <laughs> happen. But if it did, I, I would buy that album. I'll go and tell Metallica right now. If if they do a Miley Cyrus cover album, I will I will pay for the whole thing. <laughs> Tell me who to write the check to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I write will a send check. it now. Yeah, I'll send, yeah. I'll send a money order right now. <laughs> yeah, send them that and a uh, prepaid phone card, calling card. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about this the other day. You know what I really miss, you know, since we're just talking about albums? Are the, remember when we were growing up and they would have like the Time Life album specials? <laughs> And they would just Man. go through and, you know, you'd have the scrolling list of songs on the on the CDs and they would just play like a little set. Like, and it I, would highlight the song that was playing yes. in the background, like in yellow. It'd be like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but th- there are some of those albums that I still have the order of the songs in my head and just the little snippet and I can just sing the snippet and then go to the next one that was played on the commercial. Like, I, I, I miss those. I miss the Time Life CD commercials. I think they had one that was like Super 70s. Yes, the 70s one. That's the one I was thinking of. It really? Starts out, it starts out with Hooked on a Feeling. Oh. And then, you know. Uh, it, What's it, it going uh, to next? I know what you're talking about. I've watched the same thing. <laughs> I had no clue you were watching the same thing. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, because well, sometimes I get the order mixed up. But then there was uh, – uh, I heard my mom Mama cry. cry. I heard her pray the night in Chicago died. Ride, 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 ride. It's in a ride. She pulled off and took, took me by, by the hand. Oh, God. See? Made See? love we... in my Chevy van. Now that's, that's all, right all right with me. me. See? 
<laughs> See, oh my God, though, this is scary. See, is that not amazing? I mean, it's been 20 years since I've seen that commercial. <laughs> Whoever did that is a genius. Because I, I haven't listened ingrained. to that in, in 20 years, Tyler. Yep. <laughs> if, if that is still on YouTube, I need to find it and just listen to it. Oh. Uh, but anyway, we have just gotten completely off track. How did, what, where did we go with that, Tyler? <laughs> I mean, I remember rock me gently, rock me rock slowly, slowly. Take, take it easy. easy. Okay. Anyway, yep. what, what else are we talking about, Tom? Sorry All right. about that. Um, sorry, yep. I'm sorry to our audience, but we just relived a time life <laughs> infomercial <laughs> from 20 years ago. So I'm sure everybody can totally relate. Yes. There, there is only a small segment of our audience that even knows what we're talking about. But those that do, I'm sure greatly appreciated that and know exactly what we're talking about. I had no idea that you knew that. Okay, what's next? <laughs> um, okay, so next up, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the debate. Did you watch the Ooh, debate this week? I did watch the debate, Tyler. I absolutely watched the debate. Was, was your the whole opinion thing. changed? Was your opinion changed in any way? No, my opinion's not changed, but who I thought won is different than I would have thought, in my oh, opinion. Okay. So, so, you know, I think I was pretty clear the first time I thought Trump sabotaged himself in the first debate. Yeah, I think and, you, you and I both thought Biden won the first one. Yeah, and I think that the second debate, I think Trump came out marginally ahead just on performance. Just Again, it could be because the bar was so low, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you set the bar that low, who knows? But, you know, I thought he did a good job that time. He let Biden talk more, and Biden started to look tired in the second half <laughs> of the debate. I, I told my wife, I said, I think somebody needs to, like, uh, unplug it and plug plug Joe back in again, <laughs> like the computer, like a computer yeah. or something. You know what I mean? I was like, but you know, again, it's all. It was he was marginally better, but in my opinion, that's just my opinion though. Who do you think did better? I'm sure you're you've already voted, so what's the matter? Yeah, it, it's it's really weird watching a debate when you've already voted. You know, I, yeah. I sent my mail in ballot a, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, so normally, you know, I, I try, always try to keep an open mind, you know, when I watch the debates and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, allow myself the – try to give myself the opportunity to be persuaded one way or the other. And, you know, even if I think I know who I'm going to vote for, I'm, I'm still giving the other person a chance to convince me I should vote for them. But mm -hmm. in this case, when you know, you've already voted. It's just kind of a – it's just kind of weird. It's kind of like when you watch a sporting event on DVR. You know, you, the, <laughs> you know the, the result has already happened which in this mm -hmm. case, my vote has already happened. So, uh, you know, it didn't really matter to me because my vote's already been cast. Uh, right. But I, I agree with you. I think Trump did much better in this one. Um, Just staying quiet. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he can be – Trump can be a very good debater when he's not just acting like a complete child. I mean, yes. he, he is good at debating when he is – focused and not just doing crazy stuff um and i i don't think biden is an exceptional debater uh, i think he's he's fine um but he's you know he's not going to overwhelm anybody i don't think uh, i think that's actually the campaign slogan for biden Tyler. Right. <laughs> i think that's actually their official like bumper bumper sticker but no, you know it, what that, that may be all he has to do to win this year yeah. so if that's all he has to do then well, go for it and I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think all Biden had to do in this debate was just not screw up mm -hmm. because he's ahead in all the polls right now. 
by a pretty comfortable margin, which take that for a grain of salt. You know, we've seen polls be wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, everybody thinks he's in the lead. And the only thing that I think was going to change that is if he just came out and was just completely awful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you noted he seemed to get a little tired as it went on. But I don't don't think he was bad in any means. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he – he didn't say anything stupid. He didn't, you know, do anything that, you know, Trump could really capitalize on. And I think that's all he needed to do. He just needed to be steady. You can tell that he prepped a long time for this. He was making sure that he didn't screw up. And I think that's all he needed to do. Trump may may have won the debate, probably, in my opinion, slightly. But I don't oh, so you think, agree. I, I, I didn't know what, which way you went on that. I was, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think Trump did a little better in this one. And, um, but I, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be enough, honestly, for him. I, I think he needed a, I think he needed Biden to screw up and I don't think it happened. That's going to be tough, man. I like you mentioned the polls. If you look at the national polls, I think on the real clear politics, it's like a seven or eight point lead for Biden, which is, which I, I told my, I can't remember who I was telling this to. I'm having flashbacks of 2016. Because it's like the same scenario. Mm-hmm. But it, so nationally, he's like seven or eight points down. But if you look at the swing states, it's three points. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. <laughs> you know, the I mean, ones that really matter. Now, now you're talking within the margin of error. Now, right. last time it happened to fall all in his all in Trump's favor. All the margins of error he benefited from, basically. Right. I mean, he kind yeah. of had like a straight. Like, if you're playing poker, it's like the best hand you can get. He got them all. Mm-hmm. Whether he does it again or not, I don't know. But we'll see how it goes. Pennsylvania will probably decide the election again. And it is very close there. So we'll, we shall see. Yeah, we are just about a week and a half away now. Oh, God, I can't wait for it to be over. Thank goodness. Yes, amen. I'm just ready, ready for this madness to be over so we can move on. Uh, maybe next week we'll, we can make our predictions on. Oh, that's going to be nerve wracking, Tyler. I got to really <laughs> think about this, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be exciting. Uh, so, so we had the election this week. That was exciting. Something you else. Mean the, co- the, the debates, not the, election. Or the, yeah, the, the debate this week. Sorry. Yeah. Something else that I am personally very excited about this week on Amazon prime. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Borat two was just released. Now, oh boy! You, you and I are both, I think, big fans of the original Borat. Came out when we were in college, and right I, in our I, wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, just one one of those comedies that you just rewatch over and over again. You know, I, I think for for the last ten years, people have been doing the Borat very nice, very nice, <laughs> very nice. How, how much? <laughs> but let's. And, and now it's back. Now we can start doing our Borat voices all uh, over again. Thank goodness. I didn't want to have to retire that. You know, just, just <laughs> when you think 2020 is, you know, in the crapper, nothing good could come. You know, Borat comes out with another movie, which, which blows me away because er- I think everybody in the U.S. has got to know who this guy is. Yet he still finds a way. And I haven't watched the movie yet. I haven't so maybe either, I'm going to be wrong on this. But I, I, I'm going to watch it this weekend, I think. But he still finds a way to get people in compromising positions that don't know who he is. That blows me away. It's such a recognizable image. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing the exact same character too. Dressed the same, looks the same. Like uh, you'd have to have lived under a rock to not know who that character is. I'm interested to see um, the Rudy Giuliani scene. That's what, yeah, that's what everybody is wanting to see. And I'm going to keep an open mind. I have no clue. I ain't watched it. But I've seen some people say, oh, I can't believe this happened. And I've seen some people say, well, that was it. So I really don't know. I'm just going to go into it with an open mind, see what happens. But it just that aside, it just blows my mind that he can find himself still in these positions with such a recognizable look. And people don't, like, spot him out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it's, it's incredible that, that he's still getting people to fall for these antics of his. Uh, but he, he has really become, you know, it's, it's interesting. He, you know, he has this perception of just this goofy, you know, stick comedian. But he has really become, you know, a, a very politically active person you know he, he is starting to have a lot of influence uh you know i i, I you know i actually I, I get a time magazine subscription yes i'm, I'm Ooh, one of the five you. people who actually seems great <laughs> keeping that place open Thanks, uh <laughs> and so i'm i'm flipping through my time magazine and there's an article from sasha baron cohen in time magazine that he had written uh you know huh. a, politi- a political piece i'm like holy cow I, here's this goofy comedian who is that's funny you know very engaged in politics so he's just uh, an interesting guy if nothing else, regardless yeah. of what you think of him politically, just he—he he, he seems like he would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, well, that's what those uh, frat guys thought in the first movie. They thought he looked like <laughs> yeah. a cool guy to hang out with. Next thing you know, they look like idiots in the movie. Maybe that's what everybody thinks. Like, hey, this guy's cool. Well, let him in. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't know what's going on. Next thing you know, <laughs> they put you in spots where you're like calling your attorneys afterwards. Like, oh, how are we going to handle this? What are we going to do? It's going to be out in the movie. I don't know what to do. You know. <laughs> It's it's gonna be good. Uh, I hope it's good. I have no clue. You know, it's a sequel. A lot of times, sequels aren't as good as the first. Very rare occasions where that's the case. Terminator Two being one of those. Yeah, that's I can't probably think the best example. A lot, I've never watched the Godfather movies, but a lot of people say Godfather. Me either. I've never seen them either. About Scream Two. I was a big fan of Scream Two. I was a big fan of Scream Two, but the original. You know, you get it's hard to top the original. Yeah, the original was better, but. I mean, but two was good. After that, they kind of went south, kind of like yeah, that, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Yes. Um. So the last thing I want to talk about, Brandon, it is Halloween this week. Yes. So many of our listeners probably are making plans for what they're going to do, and you know, are are people going to go trick or treating? What's that going to look like? You know, we we've seen some recommendations from the state that. You know, people leave the candy out in bowls that everybody's standing at least six feet apart. Brand, do you think people are going to follow these recommendations and standards for Halloween? Or do you think it's going to be the typical free for all? People are going to be going up to people's houses. People are going to be handing candy directly. What, what are you expecting Halloween to look like? Come one, come all. <laughs> to the Brandon Boyd household. I've got candy. I'm handing it out. If you want it, come and get it. If it were up to, I, I, let me not rant because I don't want to end the show on the rant. <laughs> but I love I think your if, rants. I, I think if it were up to the governor, we would have Halloween from 10 to 1030 in the morning and it would be over with. And you couldn't wear costumes. Everybody would have to wear a mask and it's just done. They've tried to kill fun all year 
I'm just not doing it. I'm I'm over it, man. I'm done with it. Let me, let me say, have 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 you read some of the alternative recommendations that they made that you could do instead of trick or treating? I haven't. Please read them. Do you have them? <laughs> I, I wish I had the full list, but I remember a couple of them. Uh, one of the alternatives is that you could have a Zoom uh, costume contest. So you could have all your kid friends get on Zoom and do a costume contest. And then instead of going trick-or-treating, the, the recommendation was uh, you have, uh, you know, you and your wife and you could have, you know, some family members over and you hide in different rooms in your house and they go knock on the door to the room that you are in to trick or treat. So that, that was the suggestion instead of kids going out trick or treat and they trick or treat in their house in different rooms. <laughs> Doesn't that sound just like so much fun? Uh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to be careful here. You know, it's, it's, just, just, it's just us talking. It's like the virtual Thanksgiving. I know they're going to say, vir do everybody do virtual Thanksgiving? <laughs> right? You do all these things. L let me tell you something. So I, I saw something, you know, where even if there's a vaccine, stuff may won't be available till mid next year, late next year, or whatever. Are you going to go without doing these traditions with your kids? That'll be going on like over a year, going into two years. Your kids grow up fast. Your family members pass away and you don't see them. All for something with a rate of death that is so low. Our, now, the rate is higher because, you know, in the, initially we lost a lot more people per whatever 100,000 it was. But people are getting treated differently now. That's not the case. You know, you're going to lose family. Your kids are going to grow, grow up on you. And you're going to miss all these things like Halloween. One day they're going to wake up and say, Daddy, I don't want to go. Yeah. 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 If we skip a couple years of trick-or-treating, they're going to be in middle school soon and not going to want to go trick-or-treating. They're going to be too yeah. old. And you're going to look up and say, wow, I wish I would have had these memories with my kids. And my family. You know, your aunt or your uncle or whoever it is. They may not be here next year. Now, the cynics will say, well, because you because you had them over for coronavirus and you killed everybody. But the reality is, I mean, you, life is all about risks. When you get in your car, you take a risk that based on the rate of death on the road, you're willing to get in the car and get on the interstate and drive 75 miles an hour. It's a lot safer to drive 30 miles an hour, but you make a conscious decision to go 75. You make a decision when you do anything that there's a certain calculated risk. And in my opinion, it's a, this is a calculated risk that I don't think people should give up family traditions and family memories that you will never get back again. Hand out the damn candy. <laughs> Fill it full, baby. Fill it full. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's fine. If people don't feel comfortable going trick-or-treating, you know, don't, by all means, don't go. You know? Yes. Exactly. Uh, if you're uncomfortable with it, if you don't feel safe passing out candy, don't don't pass out candy. You know, I don't think anybody mm -hmm. is going to have a problem with that. Um, but I mean, those recommendations like who who are you kidding? dude? Like nobody's going to do that. Nobody's I mean, people are going to take their kids trick or treating if they want to. If they don't, they won't. Mm -hmm. But I mean, 
nobody's doing a virtual Zoom costume contest. Like, just that's just ridiculous. Just stop. Just stop, please. Like, I can't, I can't deal with these idiotic recommendations. That 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 is just it drives me crazy. It yeah, drives and, me crazy. Yeah, and you're spot on. I, it, and this goes with schooling and everything that we're dealing with. For anybody that's afraid of this thing, just go do your thing and just stay away from people. I don't have a problem with that. I don't care about that. But don't make the choice for everybody else. You know what I mean? I guess that's my whole thing. You know, if you if you are worried that people are going to go out and then they're going to bring the virus to you, then just don't have people over to your house. That'll solve the problem. You're already staying. You've already made the choice to stay at home anyway. What's it matter? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the choice being set down on everybody else just sucks. And these Halloween recommendations are ridiculous. I can't <laughs> wait for the Thanksgiving ones and the Christmas. Oh, Let's they're have coming. Christmas. They're Let's coming. Have virtual Christmas, baby. <laughs> Santa Claus has got to stay six feet away. He can't come down the chimney. Yeah. So, yeah. So, virtual Christmas, you need to mail your present to the other person at least eight weeks ahead of time. So, you need to go ahead and mail your Christmas presents now, you know, because we already know the, you know, how slow the post office is now. Um, so go ahead and mail your Christmas presents for virtual Christmas. Maybe they'll arrive in time. Maybe they won't. Tyler, now if Santa Claus comes down your chimney without a mask on, do you make him go back up to the sleigh and get a mask on before he drops the gifts off? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to have a talk with him about that and see. Yeah. Do the reindeer have to wear a mask? I, I don't I mean, know. There's a lot of un- unanswered questions out here. Yeah. I don't know what Santa's mask policy is going to be. We need to find that out soon. Well, I'll need to self-quarantine after Christmas is all I know. He's going to be all over the world. He's, He's going to be in every... This is a super spreader event. Santa Claus is going to be turned into a super spreader. They're going to kill Christmas. It's just going to be a whole disaster. This, I can't wait to see it. This could be the end of mankind as we know it. I mean, Santa's going in every house in the world. He's just going to be passing COVID. Yep, so leave milk, cookies, and hand sanitizer under the tree this year <laughs> for Santa Claus. Is that the message? Uh, oh, that, that's that's definitely going to be one of Andy's recommendations, I can tell you now. Uh, all right. Uh, let, let's save that for another show, Todd, because I, I've got I, I don't want to end on a sour note. I've got some things I'd like to say about that uh, and some other schools, things and all that. But let's end on a light note. I think we should just have a happy Halloween, however you choose to celebrate it, whether it's at home, you want to stay by yourself. Perfectly cool. If you're handing out candy, be safe about it. If you got kids, go out and enjoy it because one day they ain't going to want to come out and do trick-or-treating. So take it for all it's worth. Absolutely. It is uh, It is one of my favorite holidays, honestly. I love Halloween. You know, it's, you know, the all the leaves are changing. It's just a pretty time in Kentucky. You know, you've got all the scary movies on all week. So, you know, whether you go out trick-or-treating or whether you just stay in your house and watch, you know, watch Halloween or Friday the 13th, it's, it's just a great time of year. You know, football's going I, I just love it. I love this time of year. I love Halloween. I'm looking forward to this week. My birthday is tomorrow. Woo! So just a, a big week in the Bentley household. So we are very excited. Yeah, Tyler. I'll uh, I'll have a, a special bourbon over here waiting for you. Thank when you so much. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, I love Halloween, man. Are you dressing up? You got a costume? Uh, I've not dressed up for Halloween in a very long time. I can't even remember the last time I dressed up for Halloween. I've got a costume. You are. are can can yeah. you tell us, or is it going to be? Are you are you going to have a secret costume reveal? Well, I was hoping that you had one for our Halloween special when we record next time. Uh, and yet uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. 
are you going to be a three hole punch Tyler in the <laughs> office and you just put three black circles on your shirt? I'm three hole punch Tyler. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea, actually. I'm for it. I like yeah. it. I can do that. Yeah, but uh, it, it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to Halloween. I'm excited about it. I like to, to pilfer through my kids' candy. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. You go oh, through. You don't, t- you, you, you don't like Sour Patch Kids, right? Oh, sweet. <laughs> Well, they've got ten bags of Skittles. They don't. They won't notice if one's gone. Yeah, you go through. You take out all the Reese cups. You know, you, you get all the good stuff out of there uh, that night. You know, then then you do the Jimmy Kimmel thing the next morning where you tell them you ate it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You're like a a, a music manager, right? You take your ten percent off the top. I get my ten percent. So you just go through and you, you salvage their candy, right? Like, hey, I bought you the costumes. I'm walking you around. I, I get my ten percent cut of the candy. Yes, I, th- I think it's yeah. That's it's it's the least that they could do is give you ten percent for for all the hard parenting work that we do. Absolutely, it's our small reward. Absolutely, and then well, it's been a don't oh, don't forget ahead. also November first. That's when you go out to Meyer and Kroger and buy all the fifty percent off Halloween candy. So heck look, yeah! To anybody out there listening, if you have never been to the grocery the day after Halloween. It is the it is one of my favorite days of the year to just go and stock up on the Halloween candy that's on sale. So make sure you hit it up November first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tyler, it's been a fun show. Is there anything else you can think of, or have we covered it all? Yeah, we hit a lot. I mean, football, basketball, Halloween, Miley, Miley Cyrus, Metallica. Time Life albums. We even karaoke a little bit. <laughs> we did. I may have to edit that out of the show. I don't know if that's going to work or not. Uh, I'm a little yeah, you, nervous you hit, you hit some high notes there. That that may break people's ears if they're listening to us. That's where I learned to sing high was from that Time Life commercial because I wanted to sound like that guy. But uh, it's been a fun show. I hope you can tell we have a good time doing this. I know the game was a little bit of a bummer, but we had some bourbon. It sounds like we've done some therapy here together, Tyler. We've gotten through it, and we've gotten through it together. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So you can always uh, catch our video podcast if you're listening to this on audio uh, on LexBuds.com. We've got uh, some cool new articles up there as well. And then on Twitter at LexBuds on Facebook, search us at LexBuds and pick and roll. And um, Tyler, it was fun. Yeah, I had a blast, man. I I feel much better. We vented and we've moved on ready ready for the next game, ready, ready to go against Georgia next week. Absolutely. Do you think we can get our get our sign off at the same time on video? Oh, I don't know. Let's give it a shot. Let's just do it. All right, you ready? One, two, three. Stay, Stay class in Kentucky. That was horrible. Oh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>